Welcome to a actually quite political edition of Dimes and Dozens. I know I said last week I was hoping we wouldn't have to talk about politics this week, but as it turns out, the election lasted an entire week. Year. And year. uh, I am 72 now. Oh, wow. Um, which I think is just about the right age to run for president. So I'll keep you that in mind. Over 55. You're good. Thank you so much. Um, but luckily, it's like mostly like happy, joyful political conversation and not doom and gloom because it did end up everything sort of worked out OK. So that's really nice to be able to talk about that. But alas, I am I'm still Claire. That's still Tolliver. Hi. Um, and we will talk to you guys about NBA stuff eventually. Um, but pr- probably not this week because there's just really the news cycle was just so, so dominated with this election. Um, as was my life. I don't know about you, Tolliver, but it was like 24 seven, just every morning waking up, checking my phone to see if they had called it. Oh God. They didn't call it. And then just watching cable news all week. Yeah. I took like, um, a 10 minute break to watch James Wiseman highlights. (laughs) That's about it. That's about all I've done. I'm glad one of us is like invested in what we're actually supposed to be talking about, but yeah, um, but yeah, but something, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't watch cable news normally mm-hmm. ever. So it was such an interesting, like social experiment to kind of do a deep dive into that world for a week and just have it on all the time, because it's really fascinating how they, the way they frame all this stuff. It's like everyone in this country who thinks they don't like sports, they actually do like sports. They just like the sport of politics yeah because they frame it like the nba finals it's fucking crazy like it's not they don't talk about it like in like a almost um i mean politics are they're so important and they're so they have a lot of gravity and they can impact a lot of change but they're not like flashy or they're not supposed to be you know these are like public servants and they're talking about like it's just so it's so much about winning like the game of the election mm-hmm. and so little about like the impact of what that means, I felt like. And this, I mean, I'm a sucker for this, too, but like I feel like Americans definitely treat it that way. Right. Like, yeah, th- there's a cult of personality, obviously, around Donald Trump, where he literally could kill a child, you know, yep. on Broadway. And then it, they like, would justify it somehow. Be yeah, like, it's fine. They'd be like totally cool. Whatever, whatever, because he's on their team. And, um, right it's really terrifying. wild the, it's like such blind allegiance um yeah and it's just it's crazy because i felt like in a lot of ways they were really milking the delay in results in a way that felt super gross to me like yeah. i know they have to fill that time i know they basically have to be on tv 24 hours a day so it's like you can only do so much with that but i also felt super like it, it just felt very like exploitative of like how vulnerable we all are and how desperately we needed to know who was going to be the president yeah. because especially this election in particular, like there was just so much at stake and it was so dire if Trump had gotten reelected, you yeah. know, like it really, really, really bad, like irreparable damage would have been done, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it yeah. already has been done. It's all, you know, it's already, we've already cro- sort of crossed the line. It's terrible. I mean, um, yeah, but and then, I, I will say that the amount of damage that he was able to do in four years, you know, some of that is irre- irreparable in the sense of like the Supreme Court nominations and yeah, stuff like God. that. But a lot of it will be able to be undone. The damage he would have done in eight years, I feel like 
like I don't I, I don't personally think we ever would have had another election again if he yeah, had gotten exactly. reelected. Like I think that would have been a wrap on yeah. you know elections. <laughs> so it's like um, you put Salino and Barnes on the Supreme Court. It's so weird. <laughs> Just like what is going on? Tuesday it's, night. Yeah. Stranger I, than fiction. Freaking um because everyone was like, no, Tolliver, it's cool. There's mail-in ballots coming. It's cool. Don't freak out. But I was like, no, uh, Donald Trump won. I'm <laughs> I'm jumping off this balcony. But that's how they it, designed it. They sensationalized it. That's what I'm saying. Like they, for the sport of it, you know, they were saying with words, they were saying there are still a lot of mail-in ballots to come and those ballots are expected to lean heavily Democratic because Republicans essentially told people that voting by mail could not be trusted so their constituents weren't voting by mail but but they said that all that information is sort of an aside and then in the meantime had like these flashy graphics and this dramatic music and it was definitely designed to make us panic you know and designed to kind of do that little adrenaline thing that you get from a really close basketball game or from a horror movie or whatever you know like that sort of keeps you so glued to the TV and like they really made us need them in a way that just felt really gross. I got to say, especially in retrospect from another angle, I actually really kind of pitied them like watching Steve Kornacki or whatever on MSNBC do that same explanation of like, Oh my God, I I was like, my guy, please just go home. Like somebody. Oh, I totally feel for the, for the for the actual on-air talent because it's like it's not their choice how they cover it it's not you you know they're not like producing it and they're not in charge so ultimately they need to come up with hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of content where you're really delivering no new information and that's got to be like really difficult i saw Um, like the um i guess secretary of state of nevada or some i don't know something and I just remember watching and he was talking about like how to pronounce this, you know, the state mm-hmm. and something about it made me want to rip my skin off. I was just <laughs> like, I was like, for the love of God, tell us who won. Stop, like, stop, you know, stop joking or whatever. It was, it was and so for the crushing. last two days of it before they called it, you know, for like Thursday, Friday, it really felt like so obvious that it was basically impossible for Trump to win at that point. Mm-hmm. And it felt I made made me feel so panicky and anxious because every minute that went by that they didn't just call it, it felt like Trump was buying more time right. to put out these conspiracy theories about, you know, why it was a fraud and why it was stolen. And um and it and it's so frustrating because it's like the reason that the the reason he even had that case to make right or even had like a platform i guess to make that case because he never made had a case to make but like the reason he even had the platform was because like democratic legislators in all of these states were like desperately begging to count these ballots upon arrival and the republican legislators were like no you can't you have to wait until after the polls have closed to even start counting the absentee ballots and so you know, I was, you've thought about this so much, but like if they had just let them count the ballots in advance, we would have known who won on election night and it would never have even appeared close because it wasn't close. Like it looked close because, because based on the voter turnout of like the actual election day, it looked close, but on numbers, I mean, Joe Biden's going to win by like over 5 million votes at this point. Like it was never close. Yeah. Um, and that's by design that we, it was so delayed that we found out that information because by the time it became clear 
that Joe Biden had won like pretty handily, Trump had had like two days of time to like make multiple press conferences and put all these things out into the ether. And it's just such a gross. Yeah, I was just the the entire time, you know, we weren't getting results. I mean, even now, but I'm, you know, picturing Donald Trump sitting on the toilet just like (laughs) it's a horrible mental picture (laughs) you know trying to come up with some kind of plan to ruin this thing or take it back i i mean i still have this feeling that like oh shit somehow he's gonna you know i mean it's not over till the fat lady sings right like i feel pretty fucking confident right now and i actually slept like a baby last night for the first time and forever but i also feel like this dude has two months left of his term to like Mm -hmm. fuck shit up yeah, and he, he fired will. like all of the heads of all of the did you see that he fired like like everyone in charge of like important very dangerous departments like the nuclear arms department oh, and God. all of these things like he fired all those people this week so you know I, I i'm not i don't feel like 100 percent confident that everything's going to turn out okay but i would say i feel like 95 percent confident yeah you know and i got Gotta say, I mean, I, I, you know, the little drive-in rally that Kamala had or that they had, Dude, I was they, so excited for her. And they murked that shit. Both of them yeah. absolutely killed their speeches. Those were great speeches. Kamala looked amazing Incredible. in that fucking pantsuit. Yeah. Wow, slay. Um, <laughs> that's the only time that I will ever use that unironically, <laughs> ever like, ever before or ever again. <laughs> wow. Um, it was worth it. That was it the was one worth time it for it was that worth moment. It. That, yeah. an ivory silk pantsuit deserves a sleigh if that doesn't i don't know what does i guess santa (laughs) but um oh my god i know i know i I didn't i didn't have to but i also did have to um (laughs) i want to pivot slightly i know we were talking cable news i experienced a symptom of of stockholm syndrome over this last week which was that i watched nothing but msnbc and cnn for like five straight days and i started to develop like substantial crushes on some of the anchors oh no and i know that that's i i knew it was stockholm syndrome while it was happening i was like watching it happen helplessly and i was like you don't actually have a crush on chris cuomo like you just don't but i convinced myself that he was like Robert, no, that's a really, I was going to say Robert Redford, which is like the most washed fucking example of a, of a Hollywood heartthrob you could ever use. That's like my mom's generation. Yeah. I convinced myself that he was like Ryan Gosling. Okay. You know, Chris Chris Cuomo, if you, if you got to choose, he's still kind of a babe. And I also would, I would put forth Don Lemon there as well, even though I know that he does not swing my way. No, he doesn't. Prefers, you know, uh, the male persuasion, but He's still such a freaking babe. I didn't really get the. I know everyone was losing their shit over Steve Kornacki. Not my type. No, absolutely not not. my type. I'm upset to hear that. Steve Kornacki to me looks like I saw someone say that he looks like somebody who would be in a like off Broadway production of a Shakespeare play in like upstate New York or something. And I was like, that's so accurate. Um, Like he would do Shakespeare in the park, right? Like, doesn't that look like him? He also looks like somebody who would work at like an independent mom and pop bookstore and like go on and on about like how much bell hooks changed his life. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking for Harry Potter. Like, please stop talking. (laughs) Like we love a sad boy. We love a sensitive boy, but he's just not, he doesn't really do it for me. But I was, I was surprised that he was like the breakout heartthrob star of, of the, of the group. That's because I would rank him relatively low among the options. 
if I had to choose a nerd, I would go with Chris Hayes because at least Chris Hayes is a little thick. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, he's had a good quarantine. Chris you Hayes know? is like such a nice boy. And I say it nice boy. Like when I say nice boy, I mean a word. It's one word. Nice boy. And boy is spelled B-O-I. Not, so yeah. it's like nice yeah. boy. And like mm. I think he's like he definitely identifies as a feminist for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, he definitely is very easygoing about whose family you go to for the holidays. Um, he probably has um a a dog that he adopted from a shelter. Yeah. But I feel like for him, like like Kornacki seems a little bit more like he could you know those nice the guys that identify as nice but they have like low-key toxic masculinity traits to them yeah like he punches the wall right like Kornacki seems like he could have like anger issues or something like chris hayes seems like genuinely like a decent human being like a a good dude and i actually have no evidence to go off of for any of those assertions just hours and hours and hours and hours of watching msnbc and that's yeah this this is really tough because I don't know if these are your official selections for my official an- selection is Chris Bay. Cuomo for like number one um, election week crush. Yeah, that's my really- oh Chris Cuomo or uh, a commentator that they have on um, what is his freaking name? Like a commentator that they had as like a guest and it was Bakari Sellers. Bakari, Bakari Sellers, Sellers is a, a dime you should google him he's i'm, I'm that's like v- exactly what i'm doing v- um, um you know who i would go with um and this is rough because van jones is my choice van jones yeah and listen right. there's it's the slim pickings here you know like no one on the anchor team I guess is like he sort of has clark kent. he has clark kent vibes like he sort of looks like he's secretly a superhero but he just has the glasses on as like a very pitiful attempt at a distraction can I be honest here? Oh, also, I saw Van Jones once when I was in an Uber, whatever. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> I, I, when he cried, it made me cringe. I don't know if it's, that's it okay to say. It doesn't seem super genuine. You know what I'm saying? I felt so uncomfortable watching him be like, would everybody? I was like, well, did he was you sort work of for a, Donald Trump? He, well, he, he didn't work for Donald Trump, but he was sort of like did the like Kim Kardashian thing where it's like, right. oh, well, I had to work with him to get this thing done that I wanted to get done. But yeah. I was just sort of like, I totally get that, you know, when you work in politics, like I've heard a lot of Van Jones slander on the timeline this week. And I, exactly. I will say in his defense that he has done a lot of like really good things in politics. And he's like, yes. you know, worked for like really important environmental legislation and like um, racial justice legislation. So I'm not saying he hasn't done anything cool. But if you even were willing to at any point work with dude, I just like save the tears. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't. I don't really like care. I don't want to see you cry about it. Like I understand that you're not probably like a completely craven soulless person just because you worked with Trump on something, but you're not the person I want to see cry. Like I would happily have like empathized so heavy if Joy Reid had started crying. You know what I mean? Cause she's a fucking angel, but like, I just don't, I don't really care about Van Jones tears. Yeah, if that's I, not too insensitive to say. I wasn't feeling it. And now I'm like, well, is he even my choice? Because now I've talked myself out of thinking he's hot at he's all. He's still objectively handsome, though. Yeah. And we're I talking mean, about like we're on a desert island stranded with a bunch of news like talking heads. Like these are not like our choices if given exactly. the choice of the whole spectrum of, of you know, the human race. And I, I sort of skew bald. You know what I'm saying? Like I prefer <laughs> bald. That's the true thing. The true story. You cue ball? 
I, I, well, I skew bald. Like, I tend to like bald men. I know what you were actually saying. I was just trying oh, okay. to make a joke, a pool oh, ball joke. Well, we're leaving that in. Okay. Um, but <laughs> freaking. You don't have to like pity laugh at my dad jokes. It's okay. Oh my God. No, I, if I knew what it was, I would have laughed. I'm Wait, so can sorry. I say one fun thing though? One fun anecdote? Yeah. Please. Not anecdote, trivia point. <laughs> Bakari Sellers, who's like my probably number one crush of all the people that I saw on TV last week. He just wasn't on there enough for me to develop like real feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he is married to Vince Carter's ex-wife. Small oh my world. god! See, look at you tying it together. There was an NBA tie-in. Yeah, well, I mean, leave it to you. Who's you your it. final choice then? Is that Van Jones for you? I really don't want it to be Van Jones. That's embarrassing to me. Um, it's not very on brand, I gotta say. I mean, he's bald. That's literally like he's bald. That's, he's handsome. that's the reason it's on brand is because he has no hair. And I and I need there to be facial hair. I I'm not into a smooth-faced gentleman. So. Yeah. Uh, for those reasons, you know, he wins. I mean, Wolf Blitzer, you know. Wolf Blitzer. That's like that's like the time that you picked um fucking uh Billy Billy, <laughs> Billy Donovan. Donovan as your as your NBA crush. Absolutely. You it was you, exactly like that. You love a good you love a good sharp pivot into um, left field. <laughs> you love just, you love to keep me guessing, and I love that about you. I had a pineapple Fanta. Fanta. Um, Can't so wait to like, find out how this is relevant. <laughs> that's, the, that's the kind of person I am. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's just, it's not really relevant. If, okay. if I see something that is disgusting and unwanted, I'm like, come to me. It you makes know? you drawn to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you did tie it together at the end there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So obviously Joe Biden won and Trump lost. He took the L. He took a big, big yeah. L that he has not admitted he took yet, but he did take yeah. it. And I started getting really just beside myself with joy thinking about all of the people we're not going to have to fucking hear from or deal with anymore. Yeah. Um, that might be the best part. No, the best part is that Trump's not going to be the president, but a close second best part is collectively all of the other people who will not be in the U S government anymore. Amen. Um, I was wondering who your faves who your like your top choices for people you're going to miss the least are, and you don't have to, pick like i was gonna say pick five that's a lot i mean whatever pick a handful pick two sure um my number one by a pretty wide margin is freaking um uh rudy giuliani oh yeah that's an easy one god damn am i sick of seeing rudy giuliani's hideous face there's a little bit of um a little bit of like I'm going to miss him because he is clearly the most ridiculous person who's ever existed (laughs) i grew up in Um, new york city so he was legit my mayor Oh, God. When he was a mayor. <laughs> it That's was not pleasant. Horrific. My second person is Kaylee McEnany. Anybody, honestly, anybody who's the press secretary for Donald Trump. That's I a racist name. name, by the way. Like, you're, if your Kaylee? name is Kaylee McEnany and it's yeah. spelled K-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H, you're yeah. racist. You're racist. Those you're racist. Just the rules. She yeah. has a racist haircut. You're racist and you order your lattes at Starbucks with skim milk, but like sweetener, skim milk, Um, but like vanilla, like extra vanilla syrup or some shit. I put the most disgusting hazelnut creamer in every coffee and I'm not proud of it, Um, but (laughs) I'm still better than a racist. No, absolutely. I'm still better than Kaylee, though. She is upsetting to me. Um, Jared Kushner. Oh, so you're you're still going. You're rolling. You're rolling. I'm ready. You could have picked five. Easily. I could have. Yeah. But I'm going to go, yeah, Jared Kushner uh, has to go. But you know who I really wanted to see more of? Who? 
um, like the party girl daughter. Oh, like Tiffany. Who Tiffany Trump, who did the who did the LGBT rally. Who's I just like a walking line of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She is doing cocaine as we speak. Um <laughs> I'm I'm most excited. Child. I'm most excited to say goodbye to Betsy DeVos. That evil oh, just craven. She's just like personifies evil. Like I can't think of anything worse than like being extremely anti-public education and being the secretary of education. Right. Like it's just the worst thing I can imagine. And also Ivanka with her fucking like self-important, self-righteous, like, you know, like you're welcome for my existence demeanor. Yeah. I, I'm her and Jared both can just fuck off into the sun forever. Like I'm so Absolutely. happy that I never have to hear from them again. Well, she loves, um, Goya beans. She's not a racist. Those no. are two things that no, she's not know. a racist because they none of them are racist because they like Taco Bell. And that's how that yeah, works. They like Taco Bell. They like beans. So they're definitely not racist. For sure. Um, They do all look like Ivanka doesn't look like this, but they all look like they have some real problems at home. You know what I'm saying? Like they have <laughs> like their fridge is just natty ice. Like that's it. Did you see the thing with Aubrey O'Day or whatever her name is from Danity Kane? Because she dated um Trump Jr., for a while which the fuck but um oh. she was saying that like she spilt so much tea on the timeline um before the election and she was and like it didn't become a very big news story because just the pace of of how we consume news now it's just so much comes out all the time or at least when trump was president hopefully that calms down a bit now that we have like a normal president but it's uh -huh. just how do you even keep track of all the things but anyway she was saying that like she outed ivanka which is you know, fucked up, even though Ivanka is like the devil, like you still shouldn't be outing people. Um, yeah. And then she also was saying that like Trump Jr. has like a serious drug problem, which seems like completely plausible to me. Fully believable. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I would I would venture to guess that that many, if not most of the people um, who are peripherally associated with the president, including the president, have a drug problem. Yes, absolutely. I I've wondered for years what Trump's drug of choice is because Adderall. he's obviously on many. It's of Adderall. Them. It's definitely it's Adderall, right? Adderall. Yeah, it's definitely one hundred percent. It's definitely um, an upper, but it's definitely it's definitely Adderall. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so yeah. can't wait to say goodbye to all those fucking hacks. That's awesome. That's the best but part. Ironically, um, I'd I'd love to have Danity Kane back. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I, you know, what's funny? Like when she came back into the zeitgeist because she was like, you know, talking shit about the Trump family. I like went down a little bit of a Danity Kane wormhole, and I was like, what a weird time that was in pop music when there were like, not only were they, you know, there these Svengali's creating these, you know, boy bands and girl groups and stuff in a lab, basically, but they mm. they sort of like peeled back the curtain, and then they had like this whole string of reality shows where they. We're just like, yeah, that's exactly what we do. And we're going to do it in real time in a reality show. And they just like created these groups like, you know, the making the bands or the whatevers. That's um, yeah. so weird that we had that moment as a culture where that was just a thing because they don't really do that anymore. Yeah. At least they don't like brag about it. Like I feel right. like um, they still Pink. make those bands, but exactly. they don't like it, it's not like a it's not like a cultural institution that everyone just like willingly participates in it's like we yeah. now we get willingly lied to and we are cool with it um i thought you were about to say well i am and i got uh anxious <laughs> you got I, triggered. I got triggered <laughs> um i watched like 20 minutes of this documentary on blackpink and i had to stop because it was fiercely boring um but i'm watching, scared to say anything bad about 
K-pop because they will come for us, Tolliver. They will find us. Well, listen, if, if it helps them not come for us, I'm a huge Blackpink fan. I love them. Oh, okay. um, but watching them get created in a lab was weird. It's it was weird. Strange. It's weird. And it's, weird. It would be, it's, it's weird that it happens and it's weirder that at, there was a time where they were like very proud of that um, process. Yeah. Very strange. Um, yeah. One thing before we uh, uh, move on, or I guess, I guess this is only tangentially related, but I just wanted to bring up the fact, something that I feel like a lot of the news outlets are sort of overlooking that I think is actually a really big deal is um, you, you probably remember that when they had the, um, the walkout um, during the bubble started by the Milwaukee Bucks, that when they started, when they resumed play, one of their big demands was having um, owners convert NBA arenas into voting centers. And not all the NBA arenas got turned into voting centers, but most of them did, like the majority of them did. And it turns out that in, I think, I might be wrong about this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, because I, I read this, that all of the states that ended up being really close but swung Biden, um, you know, so like Pennsylvania and... Uh, um, Georgia, Georgia, I think maybe, and I think Wisconsin as well, um, Michigan maybe. They all ended up having, um, they were they are among the cities that turned their arenas into voting centers, and that seems like a really big deal to me because when you think about it and you think about you know there has to have been there wasn't zero people who voted at those voting centers who one hundred percent could have or would have voted otherwise if those voting centers weren't available. I mean, I'm sure most people who voted there, right, would have voted anyway. And like, it just made the process easier and more accessible maybe. But yeah. there definitely had to have been some people for whom they wouldn't have done it, it for whatever reason, whether it was for convenience or whether it was feasibility, possibility, if there's voting centers didn't exist. So that kind of forces you to the conclusion that the walkout and the resulting demands that were met for the resumption of play really did have a huge impact on the outcome of the election, if not were the deciding thing in the election, which is crazy. And honestly, it's, it's, um, it's such a demonic part of the Republican party that they feel like they can't win when people people vote. Exactly. I know. I'm like the fact that that causes absolutely zero self-reflection. Like if you know that the only way you can win is if you, actively prevent people from voting that should probably trigger some sort of self-reflection or self-awareness to be like yeah. hmm, what are we doing wrong here and yeah. it just doesn't at all it just doesn't elicit any of that out of them it's amazing they simply do not care they i saw some article do not care. that was like um the election like this one the election that broke the republican party and i was like shut up they're still going to be the same they assholes they always were fuck. <laughs> they don't give one they, single fuck remember when they were like oh my god trump you know trump is destroying the party and there's so many republicans who are really concerned about trump i'm like that's a fucking lie yeah they don't care they're nope. like hey we won we're good to go we're gonna you know try to overturn roe v Wade. we're gonna you know get these legislative things done and we yeah. need to be done they don't give a fuck who's in charge they don't give a fuck how they get there don't play yeah. don't play games with me yeah here. <laughs> yeah don't like act like i'm born yesterday and like too dumb to understand that these people have absolutely zero moral integrity at all like none at all um but you know the nice thing about having a party full of 
soulless hacks is that every once in a while they do something so incredibly dumb and funny. And it's actually the nice thing is it's way more funny when you like they're not, you know, it's not possible that they're going to win. And so you're not like worried about like you didn't have the worry of the future hanging over you. Right. And what I'm what I'm alluding to, of course, is the funniest thing that's ever happened. Incredible. Um, happened last week, which is that some sort of campaign staffer for the Trump reelection campaign meant to book the Four Seasons Hotel uh, and and have a, a press conference in that in that parking lot, I guess, um, outdoors somewhere. Mm-hmm. And instead accidentally booked the jankiest looking hardware store, which was called Four Seasons Total Landscaping. And it was between a crematorium and a literal sex shop in some like bum ass part of Philly. Incredible. Oh my God. Um, it's just like you couldn't script it. It sounds like something out of an episode of 30 Rock. Does it not? Yeah. Like, it's just like, how is this real life? And then they just, instead of the best part is instead of like when they, this is to me, this is the part that's the most emblematic of the Republican party. Mm-hmm. Um, and their commitment to their stupid fucking bit is that instead of when they realized this enormous oversight, instead of just frantically booking a different like respectable hotel or something at the mm-hmm. last minute, they just leaned in and held their fucking press conference in the parking lot of the four seasons, total landscaping. Like I, I just, I mean, <laughs> nothing funnier has ever happened ever. So I, guess I, I guess I have to take it back. Cause I said, I don't want to see Rudy Giuliani, but if, if stuff like this keeps happening, bring him on. I mean, you know? he's not going to go like he's not going to fall into obscurity. I'm sure yeah. he'll still be like rearing his thumb head around yeah. until he thumb head. until he <laughs> kicks the bucket for real. I just to like to dunk on yourself that hard in a, in a moment of you, like how? real vulnerability. Right. Like you you already just got walloped in this election and you're I've flailing. Never... You're flailing like, <laughs> oh, my God, I just people were there like what? Much. 8 a.m. It was super early or whatever. Um, there's just so many very obvious solutions to that problem. Like, first of all, how did that happen? Like, how did you not do enough digging to figure out like you're vetting for like these people have secret service with them. Like you're supposed to be like vetting these places like incredibly meticulously, but okay. So say, you know, something slipped through the cracks. How at that point is the decision? Yeah. Let's just roll with it. Yeah. Insane. I used Insane. to work at like a um, focus group place or whatever, and I would have to order lunch for like the Pepsi people who were in town or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if I like fucked up and ordered like a, a risotto when I should have ordered a penne or some shit like that, it was like the end of the world. It was like, yeah. oh my God, you fucked up my whole order. Everything's terrible now. I can't. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. These motherfuckers booked a venue that says total landscaping in the name. Like, in the name. It's so obvious that it is not a four seasons. It's amazing. And then it got better because then apparently they have this hotline that they set up for like reporting voter fraud, you know, which as you know, and I know is voter fraud is incredibly rare, very mm-hmm. difficult to pull off. It really doesn't happen. You know, like all of yeah. all of this stuff, when you talk about voter fraud, it's mostly used as, I mean, in this case, it's used as a last ditch attempt to steal an election. But usually when they bring it up, it's it's, you know, as as means to an end for voter suppression and saying like, oh, you need to bring five forms of ID and you need to do all these things. They're really just trying to prevent people from voting like voter fraud doesn't really happen. But so they they made this quote unquote voter fraud hotline for people to call in 
and say if they'd seen or, you know, witnessed or whatever, any sort of suspicious activity that they thought could be fraud. And TikTokers found it. Like Gen Z kids on TikTok found it and they're now all creating TikToks where they call in the hotline and just troll them and like laugh at them or whatever. So they're like clogging the phone lines with just complete prank call troll TikTok shit. Love Gen Z. You, you just know, the best. The like, you know, if some Trumper is calling that line in earnest, what they're all they're gonna be, do is be like, Oh, I saw five black dudes outside of voting. Right, exactly. Like, you know, outside a polling place. Like, come on. I saw this girl vote and she looked below eighteen. She didn't look yeah, old enough to vote. She was looking hella yeah, this that's <laughs> creepy. Um <laughs> That's creepy. So Republicans creepy. <laughs> checks out. Oh um God. But yeah, but overall, you know, there was it was a great week. You know, there was a it was a classic week, I would say, because there was a high amount of drama. There was some comedy. There was some joy. There was some stress. Sort mm-hmm. of just encapsulated the last like decade in one week. It kind of had it all, you know. We really, really, truly aged so much. We aged over so the much. last four years. Um, we've been through haunting, so much, Oliver. We've been through so much. I have so many gray hairs. Um, I can't. And I can't with. I can't with this fucking like this. Yeah, this whole little we're, era of American history needs you know, to cease and desist. We're going to look quickness. back and like we'll we'll be 55 and let's hope that, you know, things are in some way better or whatever. Yeah. And we're going to look back and be like, remember when Donald Trump was president and so wild. we couldn't go outside? Did we dream that? Like that I was can't so crazy. Believe that that's a real sentence I'll say. I know. Well, and it's funny because, you know, obviously we had this episode was like a weird po- politics episode because it just has been dominating, you know, the news cycle and stuff. But something I'm really looking forward to with having Biden be president is just like not having to think about the president every day yeah. of my life. Like, yeah. obviously we have so much work to do as a country and we absolutely cannot afford to go back to the status quo. Like we've all seen this year has been extremely revealing of all of the words that were already on this country that we really need to address, mm-hmm. you know, and we, I think everyone hopefully it is, you know, super energized to attack those things and, and we absolutely should and, and will. But I also am just so looking forward to being able to go an entire 24 hour day without having to like freak out about the president. Like, it's just going to be so nice to have a boring president yeah. again. Can you imagine the like t- the made for TV movies that are on the way, <sighs> or, you know, the tell all books and whatnot? I that stuff I am kind of excited for um, because you can tell just based on like the total landscaping. I need thing, like whatever, a five year break. Wonder. I need like a five to 10 year break and then yeah. I will consume all that content. But I just need like a, I need a moment to just There's money to be made. Here, recover. Claire. Let's turn this. Let's turn this turn podcast into a Donald Trump tell all hotline. I mean, I will say if they insist on bringing the NBA back like three weeks after the finals, we're not going to have a whole lot of time off to talk about things that aren't NBA related because they'll be basketball again in like two seconds. I cannot believe that's happening. The Um, draft is next week. Like what is what? What's going on? (laughs) What's going on? LeBron just left uh, Orlando. He just left. He just got home. (laughs) His suitcase is still packed. Yeah. Wow. His like oh, D Wade branded away suitcase is still packed, still packed. full of like $10,000 bottles of wine and Damn. I don't know, like really, really tight tank tops. What does he wear? Now you just like working yourself up. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm in horny on main mode because we were talking yeah, exactly. about, about Chris Cuomo. I'm like, I'm yeah. still in that headspace. 
Yeah, Rudy um, Giuliani. I'm never going to watch CNN or MSNBC again until the next election. Like, I have no, nothing about this week made me want to, like, continue to watch cable news. It's if anything, it made it. me feel completely justified in how little I already watch cable news. I was like, yeah, I'm not missing anything. This shit sucks. Yeah, I used to be a, like, head. Like, that's all. I would just watch cable news all day, blah, blah, because I had cable, which is crazy. Yeah, um, that is crazy. That is crazy. In this but economy? I know, right? But literally, as soon as Trump was elected, I put my head deep in that sand, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. got on all fours, stuck I it right like down I get, there. I get, I mean, I'm on Twitter like 24 hours a day. I feel like I'm bombarded with news. Like I definitely, you know, see I'm I'm up to date on what's happening in the world. Like I, I don't want to be ignorant about what's going on, but just cable news in particular, I feel like is just, it's more sensationalist than it is educational. And um. I don't, I don't love it. I got to say. Yeah, we're out. We're not doing it anymore. I'm glad it exists because what the fuck else would we have done during that week? But yeah. I'm also glad that I can opt out of participating in it like 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll miss Wolf. That's it. Wolf, your boy. Your boy. Your, boy. your, your little Wolfie. Oh. He's packing. He's packing. You don't even know. Oh my God, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I beg of you not to. It's so easy for you to just not. It's so, so easy. On that note, I have to end this before he says anything else that is worse, maybe, which is, I don't know if that's possible, but next week, um, we'll return to your normally scheduled programming, Mm -hmm. which is um, just fuckery and basketball. Yeah. And I I look forward to it. Can't wait. Yeah. I love you all. Not not you. Not me. Sorry. You're talking to Wolf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wolf and Vanjones. Right. Wonderful. Oh God. Yeah, Vanjones <laughs> is not hot. I just I had to choose, you know. Bye. <laughs>